0: Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1313, air date September 8th, 2023. All right, everyone. Uh, Good afternoon. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Today, we're going to be doing an interview with an Indian journalist who flew all the way from uh, India, Chennai, to visit us here in Boston to have a conversation with us about a very, very important topic. And you know, many of you know that we've touched upon the topic of caste, C A S T E, not C A S T, but C A S T E. But we want to have a deeper conversation about the real fight against caste that continues. Um, and uh, from Boston to Bombay, that still continues throughout the world. You know, to me, this is not some theoretical argument, some idiot over at Harvard or Yale talking about caste. Um, some neoliberal talking about it. This is something very real to me because I've actually had to uh, fight it all my life, whether it was growing up in Bombay or growing up in Boston. Okay. And so we want to have a real discussion about it because the people that have had the discussion about caste are typically your neoliberals or your liberals. Same as race. Race has been owned by the issue of race has been owned by a bunch of white liberals Or black bourgeois liberals. There has not really been a real discussion about caste or race in the world because the people conducting these discussions know nothing about it. They've never had to fight racism or casteism, and I have. And so my perspective is very, very different than the bullshitters, um, even the bullshitters in South India or India who claim they're fighting against a caste system and they just use it. No different than the same people, white liberals and black bourgeois uh like al sharpton or white liberals um who claim that they're fighting against race you'll find out that they're very very, very interesting commonality and i don't believe anyone has had this discussion that we're going to have today because you're looking at someone who comes from one of the lowest castes in india has experienced um caste attacks you know and has experienced racism and casteism in the united states so we have uh rama subramaniam who's the uh, uh, podcaster and a journalist from india so ram go ahead you, you wanted to start right
1: yes dr shiva
0: thanks you have for to speak a little louder yeah
1: yes dr shiva thanks for sitting across and talking about the caste system and challenges you have faced in your life so could you just start with that part because you mentioned it several times about the discrimination you have encountered and how it has been from bombay all the way here so could you just elaborate on that part because today yeah. it is a big issue that is being spoken of but then what you make is one of the most significant points there how that it continues and how the ownership is shifted from people who actually are fighting the real fight towards certain fake fight that often is owned up to certain identity
0: yeah so the real issue is first of all let's define what is caste all right um and the definition is really really important to understand because the definition uh you know, because of the very close ties between India and the United States because of the East India Company that goes back to, you know, the 1600s, the definition of caste has actually migrated all the way from India to Boston. So you have the concept of the Brahmin caste people talk about in India. But interestingly enough, if you type in Boston Brahmins, B-O-S-T-O-N-B-R-A-H-M-I-N-S, that, too, that term has also been used in the United States. Mm-hmm. to refer to the elites of Boston, mm-hmm. the New England bourgeois elites. So just think about what I'm saying. So the word caste originated, you know, um, you know, is typically associated with India. Yes. But the notion of the Boston Brahmins refers to the elites um, who control um, the United States. You know, because uh, m- many of you know, uh, when the American Revolution took place, Uh, which really started, you know, the the first shot was fired, you know, a couple of miles from here in Lexington. Um, It was an attempt to break from the king. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And there was a huge revolution that took place in 1776. But after the revolution was won, it's not like the people who were supporting the British just got up and left. Many of them stayed in Boston, in New England, and they were known as the Boston Brahmins. Mm -hmm. They have nothing to do with India, but they were known as the elites. So today there's a caste system mm-hmm. and everyone should listen very carefully. There is a caste system and the caste system goes all around the world. And it's in that video that I talked about that I did an analysis called the swarm. So in fact, I'm glad we're having this discussion about caste because it's really much more deeper than in some ways race. And it's, it's much more, or even uh, sexism, right? Or racism. It much more goes to the deeper, deeper roots Uh, in some ways you could argue that racism and sexism are the pillars of casteism Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. casteism is basically today it's global imperialism of a small set of people who think they're actually better than you and they think they're so much better than you they actually lie in your face this doofus brown nosed actual brahmin uh big pharma guy vivek ramaswamy is an example you know, of a guy who just lies through his teeth. And the upper caste, their parents teach them how to lie, Mm -hmm. whether it's in India or in the United States. Mm -hmm. These people learn how to lie through their teeth, their snakes. There's an old slogan in India that it says, if you see a Brahmin or a snake crossing crossing the street, um, you should beat beat the shit out of the Brahmin first. It's an interesting thing because... Uh, It's not about uh, promoting violence. It's mainly saying that the upper caste people are extremely, extremely slimy people, okay? Mm -hmm. They say one thing, do another. They will actually lie in your face. You can see Trump doing this, okay? Trump will say one thing and go do completely the other. Um, Bernie Sanders is an upper caste individual, all right? Um, So we have people who are part of the bourgeois the Brahmin bourgeois, right? So in India, it was called Brahminism, um, which extended to the Boston Brahmins, but it's really the notion of a finite set of people that think they're better than you. Now, for me, Rom, the way it manifested was when I was a four-year-old kid, I experienced this front and center. Mm-hmm. And I've shared this before, but just to give people the idea, it's very deeply personal because here, mm-hmm. I can still remember the mem- memory I was playing with a young friend of mine in Bombay Mm-hmm. I thought he was my friend, you know, it was a hot day and we went to his home. Um, we walked to his home to get water. His mother called me a Shudra, which is like the N word in India, mm. would not allow me to enter his home. I was only four years old, four or five years old, um, and gave me water in a distinctly different cup, which was like a, a cup that looked like it was for a dog or something, you know, mm. and gave him a water in a nice silver cup but she would not let me enter the home all right and abusive and spit at me Mm -hmm. so that's what i experienced as a four to five year old kid now i know nothing about this i'm innocent right and then when i asked my mother about this she said yes she goes we're of the you know lower scheduled cat cast and she said when she used to go to the well to get water they would shoo her away like a pig so i just want people to think about this this is not something theoretical this is not me spouting my fight against injustice, this is something I've endured in India, okay? Mm-hmm. My parents endured it. Now what was extraordinary about my parents was in spite of all this nonsense, they made it out of the Indian caste system and made it the United States. My mom, who came from a broken family, under the caste system, as a woman, as a dark-skin South Indian woman, you know, probably 20 levels of oppression, somehow gets educated. Not only a bachelor's degree in math, but a master's degree. In fact, I think one of the few people still to this day and makes it to the United States. And my father grew up in war-torn Burma. Mm -hmm. You know, much, much darker than me. Went through all sorts of racism uh, growing up. Never saw a book until he was 10 years old and became one of the leading engineers of India, a chemical engineer. Mm -hmm. So he's a brilliant guy. So Mm -hmm. I I grew up, you know, you could talk about my genes are quite fighting genes, resilient genes. Mm -hmm and um so my, my my mom taught me a righteous hatred against this concept of caste hmm. because i experienced it she
1: experienced it and our whole family experienced it how do you see that? sorry yeah guys how do you see it manifesting today because your fight is on the healthcare system knowledge is particularly you have often spoken about the diverse forms of knowledge on the healthcare do you see this discrimination also coming in the way of how knowledges are treated globally Yeah, someone just said please hit the like
0: button right by the way everyone should understand there's a caste system underway right on twitter right now all right everyone should understand elon musk is a bloody racist okay he grew up in the caste system of apartheid south africa where 0.1 percent of the people subjugated the other 99.9 percent black and brown people all to carry id cards and they were segregated physically and that's where elon musk grew up he's a bourgeois he's a brahmin all right and and these Brahmins, whether they're white or brown or black or yellow, do not like someone of my background exposing them. And that is why on Twitter, you'll find out um, we have a very interesting uh, image. Uh, I'll, I'll share this tweet. One of our followers of the Truth For and Health movement, Ram, actually tweeted out, hey, how come you don't you allow Vivek the snake and Booby Effing Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, to get interviewed and you don't interview Dr. Shiva when he's far more qualified. That tweet was called hateful speech Mm -hmm. by Twitter. Mm -hmm. All right. So when someone like me of the lower caste fights for rights that is called hateful speech. Mm -hmm. And so we have a massive caste system, a global caste system. And and it took me many, many years, Rom, to figure out that's what I was still fighting. Mm -hmm. All right, it's a caste system. And when you asked me where it manifests, so I, I saw it in India, we had to fight it in India, we escaped India, right, uh, to come here. But the caste system is very, very alive and strong. So look at this very, very important, you know, fact, That's not there's not even a gray area and this is black and white. I, as a 14 year old kid growing up in Newark, New Jersey, one of the poorest cities in the United States, a low caste Indian, growing up in Newark, New Jersey, who worked his butt off, creates the first email system in the world. The facts aren't even gray, they're, they're black and white. I named it email, I created the entire inbox, outbox folders, BCC in electronic form. I have all the code. I have that first copyright, which is the equivalent of a patent at the time to prove it. There's not even a controversy. The fact that a controversy was created shows you that the caste system is alive and well. Now, the problem they have is what I came to an upper caste institution, something like MIT, Mm -hmm. and I got all of their degrees, but they thought they would buy me off and I would become a Brahmin, right? I would sell out my people, but I didn't. And when the facts about the invention of email came 33 years later, when I never really wanted credit for it, but it went into the Smithsonian, you can see the level of violent behavior that took place on the Internet people saying this curry stained Indian should be beaten and hanged. Mm-hmm. Literally people call me all sorts of names. And when you really delve deeper into this, it's a caste issue because a someone of my background, particularly an Indian is supposed to shut the hell up and take it, uh, you know, up, you know what, or take it on the chin. You're not supposed mm-hmm. to fight back, but I, I learned how to fight back. You say,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so they want you to stay in your lane mm-hmm. and talk the way they want to talk and be the way they want you to be. So when I talk about the caste system, had I invented email at MIT, Rom, which is part of their caste, it would have been fine, right? Had I been blue-eyed, white, and my last name was Feinstein or something, mm-hmm. I'd be on the uh, on the on uh, a stamp everywhere on the planet. Mm. And what's really interesting, the people who are violently opposed to this, where many of them were the upper caste neoliberal, In fact, liberal Jews, whites. Mm -hmm. I have to say that. Go look at who they were. Mm -hmm. In fact, the working class whites who are supposedly racist had no problem with looking at the facts and saying, of course, he invented email because they're of my caste, you see? Mm -hmm. So whether you look so working class whites, me and untouchable in India, we're all, in my view, non brahmins Okay, Mm -hmm. we're all the lower caste. The upper caste, whether it's blue, white, yellow, brown, do not like the fact that a dark-skinned, lower caste guy in Newark, New Jersey, invented email. That bugs them because it blows their mind because only they can innovate, you see? Mm. That's what I'm talking about, the caste system. Mm. And the caste system exists right now, if you're watching this broadcast, the fact that when I started exposing the elites... Starting, I've been exposing them all my life since in 1984. You know, since I was at MIT. But with the internet, I was able to expose them all over the world. Half a billion people, I exposed to the world about how the election systems in the United States are screwed up. I exposed to the world how um, you know that the entire healthcare system is controlled by a few. How Fauci is a piece of shit, right? How the immune systems on people's bodies are compromised. I went at it all the way in 2020 before the censors caught up and that really bothered them. Right? So now today they treat me like a lower caste person. I'm censored. Mm-hmm. So all the degrees I got, all the four degrees at MIT, every award I went, you know, Elon Musk thinks he's running an apartheid South Africa on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about.
1: So we're going to talk about, uh, what you have time and again brought out on the healthcare, and particularly talking about immunity because as a focus since the pandemic you have been one of you that has been repeatedly bringing up what should be our approach if you were to look at um, a, a integrated or holistic approach today which transcends this boundary of knowledge and the discrimination where do you see the healthcare system. Well, look, it all,
0: again, comes down to the caste system. So the real fight against the caste system is this. The lower caste, if you want to think about the indigenous people of the world, Mm. whether they were in India, whether they were in Africa, or whether they were in Brazil, or the Native Americans, or the Celtics, you know, it it has nothing to do with color, by the way. Mm. Um, Everyday people in indigenous cultures, black, white, yellow, brown, had figured out how to take care of their body over thousands of years using ancient systems of medicine. Now, in the Indian tradition, Chinese tradition and a couple of other traditions, they codified this. Yes. They documented it in fine detail, beautiful Mm -hmm. detail, probably better than most Western medical books. Mm -hmm. And those were the systems in India known as Siddha. Yes. Now, Siddha was really the original system of all over India. Ayurveda is, frankly, a very small piece of Siddha. We can also talk about the caste system in, right there. Okay. Um, Siddha is the entire uh, system of Indian health, which included martial arts, which included uh, herbs, which included yoga, which included meditation, and the use of microdosing of heavy metals. Yes. Five branches. The Ayurveda is actually a very small set of it. And when the Invasion took place from Persia into India, India was split along the top and much of the Siddha, and the Dravidian tradition, was attacked and you had a subset created called Ayurveda. Okay? Mm-hmm. But the original tradition is Siddha, which was written in the Tamil language in South India. And uh, these people are much darker looking. So again, yeah. they got discriminated for that. Um, but I grew up in a, a world, Ram, where my m- grandmother was a practitioner of Siddha. Mm-hmm. She had no degrees. She had no formal training, but she learned from all these traveling yogis. Um, she had tattoos all over her arms. Uh, she worked in the fields for you know 16 hours and she was a low caste non-Brahmin, mm-hmm. but she was a village healer. If you were sick, you came to my grandmother and she healed you, wow. all right? So I saw her in my own eyes, heal many, many people. Mm-hmm. And that's what fascinated me about these systems of medicine. Mm-hmm. And my journey beyond fighting the caste system all my life was also to traverse, you know, working at a medical college as a research fellow when I was 14 years old, doing research on why babies were dying in their sleep, publishing papers before I came to MIT. Mm-hmm. You say, coming to MIT, the number one elite upper caste system in the world, getting all their degrees, winning every freaking award, mm-hmm. um, and uh, becoming a systems biologist and a re- renowned uh, scientist who has published in all the leading journals in the world. Nature, IEEE, etc. Now, when the pandemic took place, it was obvious to me that Fauci was a a piece of shit, that Trump was had no balls, right? Um, And that I was a first person, scientist. you can look at it, Mm -hmm. the first one to call out the pandemic is bullshit. Mm -hmm. The first one to say that Fauci should be fired. Mm -hmm. The first one who wrote to Trump and saying fire Fauci, do not lock down the country. I did all of that. In fact, videos, I did video after video after video. No one paid me for these videos, Rom. It was mm-hmm. my pure concern for people. I did videos exposing mm-hmm. the real nature of how you boost your immune system, okay? Mm-hmm. And I did videos on vitamin D, quercetin and zinc I never charged for anything. Mm-hmm. And those videos went viral. It just came to me about six months ago, a friend of mine. In fact, three months ago, someone told me my video went to probably every person in India on WhatsApp. And I think you may want to explain to people about that.
1: Yes, it is one of the most watched videos during that time because a lot of Indians, particularly people who were subscribing to traditional forms of medicine, uh, found in your voice- Conventional medicine, you convention. mean, not traditional, yeah, conventional, conventional medicine. Medicine. medicine, conventional
0: allopathic Western medicine. Yeah,
1: they found in your voice something that is reasoning out some of their own apprehension. Also, that was being reasoned out by these people. And that is what they found when, when I'm talking about those who looked at say, the the methods and looked at how they could address this they were looking at this and saying yes this is what we have been trying to say but because you are articulating from this end of the world and you are saying it with so much of force it was making a lot of sense for people that is what
0: yeah i think what ram saying is you see everyone the audience needs to understand people in india most people in india are actually white supremacists why do i say that because after 300 years of british subjugation indians actually think that the white man's medicine is better than their traditional medicine so this has happened, it's a fact. I'll give you an example, right? You know this very well. In an Indian village today, if someone gets sick and they go to, let's say a medical professional, they expect to get an injection. Yes. And if they don't get an injection, they say, oh, that doctor is horrible because it's a status symbol now to get Western medicine. And this has been brainwashing that has occurred over the last 300 years. So Indians are actually white supremacists because Indians think the white man is better than themselves. So when the invention of email came out, Rom, white people, working class white people who other people call racist actually understood it. Wow, he did invent email. Mm -hmm. But many of the dark skinned Indians. Oh, how could an Indian invent email? A white guy did it. Right.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Really fucked up. Okay, so Indians, you know. They're so into status. Right. Because of this caste system. And because of the British system that was brought in, because my being in the United States, my having an MIT PhD, when I put out those videos saying, hey, look, vitamin D, Mm. the immune system, right? Quercetin, zinc, that went viral. But if I didn't have my MIT PhD, they would have spit on me, right? Because Indians are very, very casteist. Indians are very racist. Mm. Indians are white supremacists. Now, not to say all of them. My parents aren't. But by and large, I say this generalization to wake the shit out of the Indians and slap them upside the head because British colonialism really didn't liberate many Indians. Thank you to Gandhi. Okay, Okay. Gandhi was a castist. Gandhi was a white supremacist. Gandhi was an Anglophile, right, etc. Now, I know this at a deep level. I'll tell you why. When I first came to the United States or when I first came to MIT, There were other Indian students here from India who would come from India, right? There's two sets of Indian students who came to MIT. Very few Indians who went to MIT from here because there were very few Indians here in the 70s and 80s. -hmm. But India would send its people from India who went to IIT to get their graduate degrees here at MIT. Most of them were Brahmins, and most of them would immediately ask me what my last name was. Mm -hmm. And most of them were very, very annoyed that I was at MIT and I was a non-Brahmin, Okay. Mm -hmm. So most of my friends at MIT were the lower, quote unquote, caste people. My Hispanic friends Mm -hmm. from the inner cities, my black friends from the inner cities, my white friends from the inner cities, black, white, yellow, all different colors from inner cities. Everyday working people. Most Indians were not my friends because they were racist castes. Mm -hmm. That's a fact in 1980.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, in fact, they were extremely discriminatory. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's. So on the health side, Mm -hmm. the bottom line is these ancient systems of medicine. You know, my journey into getting all my degrees at MIT and my Fulbright work has unequivocal proof that the ancient systems of Indian medicine are one-to-one, the direct, are are basically engineering systems. Mm -hmm. They're not medical systems. And I've proven that Mm -hmm. in several papers and it became the foundation of our movement for truth, freedom, and health. And it's a foundation of our, our systems health program so bottom line i've conclusively shown that the siddha system of medicine
1: mm-hmm.
0: ayurveda is a subset of it mm-hmm. frankly is directly an engineering system science now the problem is over 300 years of british subjugation and caste rule in india most indians don't even know this most indians who practice traditional system of indian medicine they just follow it like a rote religion you know mm. um, they don't really understand the depth of what's really going on with these Indian systems of medicine. So um, that's something people need to understand. Hey, John, I don't need to do the recording, right? Can we shut off that recording? Because I think it's eating up space. Um, It says uploading. I don't know if you want to shut it off, John. Just leave it alone, I guess. Okay. But anyway, people need to understand that this is a very personal fight for me, Rom. Mm-hmm. I've experienced cast every freaking day. I experience it right here in the United States right now, you know, half a billion people all over the world know about my work, but the mainstream media and the grifters, mm-hmm. that's why we go to independent podcasters like you guys. They are so jealous of the movement that we've created. They're so jealous of the attention that we got in 2020 that they actively go to make us invisible, all right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's a, that's a feature of the caste system, thank you, or for, the swarm.
1: Thank you for sharing that uh, interesting point. But um, going back to something that you mentioned earlier about Gandhi, it'll be because I come from a tradition where I had learned quite a few things in the Gandhian tradition and have been writing about it also. So I just want to wonder why would you make that statement? It's something. Man.
0: Well, Indians need to learn some history. Okay, yeah, people I, think in 1947 India got independence, which is the biggest lie. All mm-hmm. right. What happened in 1947? What is the documents called, Ram? Which one? What is the document called that was signed between the British and the Indians in 1947? What is it called? Well, I
1: don't know. Document- you don't know. don't know? You're from India. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is a transfer of power that
0: happened. That's what it's called. Yes. The document is called the transfer of power. Yes. So everyone listen, particularly if you're Indian. There's no Declaration of Independence that was signed, okay? Mm-hmm. What was signed between the British and the Indians was called the transfer of power. Mm -hmm. In the United States, we have a Declaration of Independence. We have a constitution. Um, That's not what was negotiated with the British and the, the Indians. It was called transfer of power. It's a very important word to understand. It's not called independence. It's called transfer of power. Why is that important, Ram? Because it was a transfer of power from the British Brahmins, to the Indian Brahmins. Mm -hmm. That's what really took place. Mm -hmm. And the Brahmins of the time were the Indian Civil Service, the Indian Administrative Service. Mm -hmm. Gandhi was brought in, who was a racist. Mm -hmm. He didn't really care much for the brown people in South Africa. The story, the legend that was created was Gandhi was fighting for the black and brown people of South Africa,
1: right? Mm -hmm. That's what you've heard, right? No, that's what I have studied because I studied quite a few things with the Gandhians. And uh, Mm -hmm. I also have done some research on his work and um, written about it and but what did he actually do in south africa what he did in south africa and what he subsequently did in india particularly but let's no, talk about what he actually the legend in, is that he was fighting for blacks and in the 30s what he did in india about discrimination. no no i'm talking about in south africa
0: yeah
1: uh, south africa was a different part of the, his history he no no but i'm india saying the south african yes he was promoted as a
0: fighter mm-hmm. fighting for the poor Blacks and brown people in South Africa. And it's an actual false story. It's true. There has he been fought.
1: enough evidence in his yeah, own Yeah, he, he, was, he
0: was absolutely a racist. Yes. And, and even in South Africa, he didn't fight for the ordinary Indians who were there. Would they call them the browns? Mm-hmm. He fought for the wealthy Hindus, the upper caste, in the Transvaal region to get trading rights. And he actually failed at that. So we have to really understand this guy and and Gandhi too. At the end of his life, he said he was an Anglophile. He loved the British. All right. So this guy gets parachuted into India. And in 1920s in India, there was a powerful movement. Many, many different trends. Mm -hmm. Right. Of people who actually wanted to have a good violent revolution. Some of them Mm -hmm. against the British like they looked at America. Hey, America had a good violent revolution. They cleansed America and they got rid of people Mm -hmm. and Indians were inspired mm-hmm. by that, and they wanted a good revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and many of those people's names have been wiped out of history. In fact, some of them just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And Gandhi was brought in. His One of his closest friends was a guy called Gokhale. Mm-hmm. You may know. Gokhale was a very wealthy person who was appointed by the British. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you see the movie Gandhi with Richard, the R- Richard Attenborough movie, Gandhi is befriended by Gokhale. He's given... Gokhale's palace to stay in. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand this guy was part of the elite. He was not one of the everyday Indian people. Mm -hmm. And his job was to create this. They created the Indian National Congress. They created the safety valve. So all of these brown people would not take to the streets and create a militant bottoms up movement. Mm -hmm. Rather, they were brought into these nice parliament, right? Where they could argue among themselves Mm -hmm. and the transfer. And during that period, The British, between the time they came between the Battle of Plassey in 1757 until 1947, over those 200 years, had created an administrative structure of a bunch of brown people who knew how to subjugate other brown people even better than the white people. So Gandhi's job was to transfer power from white men with crowns to brown men with white hats. And that's what he did.
1: Okay, so I... I think other point I need to mention about some mm-hmm. of his own writing in 1909 he wrote. I know in India if you say stuff against Gandhi it's not allowed. Also, right? Uh, not necessarily. There are a lot of people who are saying against him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's not the historic Gandhi as much as what he subsequently arrived at and accomplished in terms of managing to uh, highlight the discrimination that was being practiced because he wrote about it in 1909, and subsequently he has been brought in, bringing it out in the 30s when he brought in the industries revolution. But that is another question that I wanted to talk about with you, sir. You had mentioned about the local as a solution. You have been very vocal, vocal about that, talking about it. Can you expand on that part of it? Well, look, if you go back and study system science, mm-hmm.
0: you know what we teach people, to everyone listening, you need to understand that I've been a, a deep, I've had a deep interest not only in fighting injustice, having fought injustice every day. I've had to figure out what is the science of fighting injustice? Mm-hmm. There must be a science to build a movement. There's a science to build everything. There's a science to build a microphone. There's a science to build a bridge. There's a science to build a hard disk. There's a science to build anything on the, on the universe. What is the science to build a movement that can destroy this gas system? That's what I've been really focused on, mm-hmm. believe it or not, since a four year old kid. And What I intersected in that understanding is that when you look at engineering systems theory, Mm -hmm. when you look at traditional systems of medicine, like Siddha, that when you connect them, you come up with a set of nine principles, which are engineering principles, which are the principles of Siddha and yoga Mm -hmm. that are the same different words, but the same principles. And that was put into a book I did years ago called System and Revolution. Mm -hmm. And that gives a framework of how do we build a movement to destroy these things called caste systems. Mm -hmm. And that scientific framework is what um, guides me, and it's now guiding a a global movement. Mm -hmm. And it's with that framework, Ram, that anything actually can take place. But without that framework, people are gonna think Gandhi is some hero, right? Mm -hmm. They're gonna think Martin Luther King is some hero. They're not gonna know about Malcolm X, right? They won't know about other true heroes who try to build
1: bottoms up movements. Anyway, uh, how do, can you expand on talking about this movement? I'm talking about from the Indian audience point of view. Would you explain? The yeah. Global? What I want to do is I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to play a quick video. Yes.
0: Um, I think your audience will like it too. So this video really explains, and this video came out by the way. I didn't even, this was done ad hoc. Someone asked me what we're doing with this movement, like you just did. Mm. And I just spoke. What it is but you'll it, our movement is a movement for truth freedom health truth freedom health truth freedom health those three words are the same phenomenon as conversion transport and infrastructure
1: mm-hmm.
0: <coughs> same phenomenon as pitta vata and kapha
1: mm-hmm.
0: i don't you know what those terms are yes. right so in the indian tradition um, hey, John, can you get me some water? Sorry, yeah, let me just get some water. Um, I'm about to have a coughing attack, but anyway, <coughs> in the Indian tradition, mm-hmm. there is let me just grab some water, too much talking. <coughs> Thanks, John. You want some water? Mm -hmm. Okay. In fact, it's a good time to play the video. Let me play the video and then we'll come right back, okay? We have allowed our country to be taken over from within and the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves. Oh, you can? Oh, oh, it's not coming for us. Is it for here?
1: Yeah, did you turn off the speakers?
0: No, I didn't touch anything. Yeah,
1: but it's
0: playing on... Hold on. Okay, hold on. This is probably why. I mean, sorry guys, let me just play the live. Yeah, you're We have allowed our country to be taken over from within, and the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you. Deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't this reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts the movement for truth, freedom and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four year old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom, truth, freedom, health. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is, whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with is a part of this movement. We're giving the science, which is the truth. And then we tell people what they can do on the ground, like with election fraud. You don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not so obvious establishment which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're gonna follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags or you're gonna follow some right wing talk show host. They're not gonna lead us to liberation, it's us. We're building a bottoms up movement and that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change, bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done and it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know christ didn't go after the romans right it was the pharisees and the sadducees who screwed him up his own quote unquote people and that's where we're at so these four concepts i've built into a curriculum people can go to truthfreedomhelp.com and it's an educational program we need to train people in political theory you need to have physics and i've created that curriculum people need to get educated we need to get educated fast And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people, two years of MIT control systems, I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it, anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I gotta build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com. So people can sign in they can get access to a bunch of videos if they want to take a course and become a truth freedom health leader i offer a full scholarship there but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study that they'll get certified that they'll go do activities on the ground so go to truthfreedomhealth.com. What we do every uh, Thursdays, Ram, we, we run a re- literally an open house that we do on uh, 11 a.m. And at 8 p.m., we get people from all over the world, including India, everyone coming in. It's a global movement. About half a million people now, half a billion people know about this. Mm-hmm. But getting back to this foundational knowledge, what I discovered was that if you take the words truth, freedom, health, they are really a scientific term, Okay. Freedom literally relates to the motion of things, right? Movement. Uh, Truth is really relating to the ability to apply the scientific method to convert random ideas to find out what's true and what isn't, right? It's a conversion process. And uh, health is really the structural part of you. If you don't have health, you really have nothing, right? Health is wealth in many ways, right? So truth, freedom, and health is the same as uh, conversion, transport, and structure. Those three terms come from general systems theory and engineering science. So if you're a a real engineer and you study this, you'll understand those are the three principles. Guess what? That's directly the same as Pitta, Vata, and Kapha, which shows up in Indian Siddha medicine, or or Ayurveda. So that's what I'm saying is quite uh, profound here, um, because what we have here is a foundational way of traversing a medical system, to an engineering system, to a political system. In many ways, you could argue truth, freedom, health is founded on an engineering basis. So it's founded on a rock-solid structure. Mm. And no one has ever talked about this, and I'm the first one to have uncovered this. And this will be the basis of human liberation. Because there has to be a science to destroying the caste system. There has to be a science to winning truth, freedom, health.
1: Yes.
0: And uh, just like there's a science... To you know, Maxwell. You know, there's a science to creating a motor. Maxwell's equations. There's a science to flight. Bernoulli's principles. And so, anyone listening, if you're serious and you are particularly, you know, a lot of Indians are into education, then you should study this because you're not going to learn this at MIT or IIT. In fact, MIT professors send their students to my class because you can't get this knowledge anywhere seriously. Mm. So I've uncovered a body of knowledge that has heretofore not existed ever. On this planet interconnected it put it into a curriculum and it's not just theory that's that's the scholar piece and then we mobilize people to get on the ground you know for example um there's a flyer here right i can maybe you can just i don't want to mm. maybe, maybe you can just flip this up here um so if you see this flyer this flyer says it all okay we get we teach people so all of that stuff i just said we get people on the ground to go distribute these flyers this flyer gives a system analysis, which says, look, the life expectancy rate of your child is going down. The United States is leading the way. Yes. And so when you look at it from a health perspective, health is the ultimate indicator of what's going on. So if you're a Brahmin elite, wherever you are, uh, people need to understand this is what the Brahmins all over the world have delivered us. OK, they've, de- they've destroyed the health of your child, whether you're a white Brahmin, a black Brahmin, a yellow Brahmin, um, Republican or Democrat Brahmin, they have instituted policies that have destroyed your health. And it is a lower caste non-Brahmin like myself who actually cares about reversing that. Every person who's running for president is a fucking Brahmin. And you have one of them, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's a snake. All right. Donald Trump is a Brahmin. You know, Joe Biden is a Brahmin. Robert F. F. Kennedy is a big fucking Brahmin. Okay. So yeah, I have a lot of anger to these people because they have destroyed people's lives. They stop human change, real innovation for centuries, and they're selfish. They're satanic people.
1: Thanks a lot. And they should be
0: destroyed. Thanks a lot for sharing this. Yeah, uh, and so it's very—it's not only personal, but my views represent probably the views of the eight billion people on the planet. The majority, more than the majority, you know, more than the majority, probably the 99% match my views, but people, the everyday people do not have a voice. I am the voice of everyday people because I've had to fight that injustice. And this is not theory, you know. Sorry to say again, to bring up Gandhi, he was a bastard. He destroyed the advancement of India. If India had every child, if every household had Lost a child in India in a, in a war fighting the British, India would be a much stronger nation.
1: Okay, thanks a lot for your time, Dr. Yeah. Shiva. It has been great talk. Is that, to that you, too much and, for you? Uh, no, it is <laughs> yeah. uh, fantastic. You have your views and you have your opinions, so it is great listening to you, and uh, particularly around the yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, knowledge. if you go to India
0: right now, and I just want to end on this note is that if you look at India right now, there are people in India claiming that they're fighting against the caste system, Mm -hmm. right? And many of these people are actually using the caste system and they're people of the lower caste. Mm -hmm. They're actually using the fight against the caste system to perpetuate themselves. Just like there are people who claim that they're fighting racism in the United States that have done nothing to really fight real racism. Mm -hmm. There are people that are claiming they're fighting against working people like Bernie Sanders and Robert F. Kennedy, by the way, steals everything we do. And they're doing nothing for the advancement of working people. You know why, Ram? Because they're not one of us. So.
1: Thanks a lot. Yeah. On that note, I think it's a good note to end. Okay, great. Thanks. Thanks a lot. All right, Ram,
0: time. I want to thank Ram again. Uh, Ram is, uh, came from uh, Chennai, Chennai from India. India, which is, if you look at India, India's about 22, 26 different states. It's the southernmost state of India. And Chennai is. Uh, you know, one of the, the main cities, you know, in, in India. Thank you. All right, Ram, let All me right. just say goodbye. To, so everyone, this is Dr. Shiva Adir. I got to move on to another interview, right, John? Yeah. You have that set up? I don't have a podcast. Okay. So anyone, please remember that, I hope this educated you that the caste system, the swarm, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a blackboard on, on that, you guys should go watch a swarm video, is not about a person's color anymore. It's a multiracial group of people all over the world who actually think they're better than you. They're freaking slimy. They think they can lie to you, say whatever they want and they can get away. That's who these people are. But the good news is you have a fighter in our movement. Everyone should go get a bumper sticker. You you can go get one of these bumper stickers, Shiva for president, go to shivaforpresident.com, get these flyers, distribute it, but most importantly, become a warrior scholar so you could learn these concepts and you could become a fighter. It, so it's, it becomes independent of relying on me or some guru. You become your own guru. But that's what we need to do. Anyway, our run for president gives us the opportunity to shatter the swarm and destroy this caste system. Anyway, and that's what needs to be done. That's the order of the day. We can't compromise on that. Be well. Thank you.